Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Yo, Brad, what's up, baby? How about the last episode, huh? Particularly that last, that last thing on the episode, but it made you rate and shoot right through the fucking roof, buddy. Just like a, like a finger through a tub of butter, just right through. Hey, Greg. Well, what's all that racket? Uh, it's the fucking garbage compactor. I turned it on last night. It has not turned off since. Fourth fucking time this has happened. Swear to God, this garbage better be the size of a fucking Tic Tac when it's all done. Well, hey, I'm just having a little trouble hearing you. Yeah, cool. Shut the fuck up. Alright, what's up, Brett? How about that fucking show, huh? The Brain Buster fucking boys. Hey, li- listen, Greg, listen. Hey, we got some feedback from some of our listeners, and hey, we know that some of the parts of last week's show were, were out of your control. But... Oh, what, my fucking neighbors? Hey, fuck them. I paid this bum $5 to take a shit on their doorstep. Hey, it doesn't matter who listens to the show, right? I mean, who gives a fuck about the ratings? Come on, man. Well, yeah, yeah, we know. But hey, it's not specifically the neighbors we're concerned with, but your reaction to them and just a general set of difficulties. Difficulties? Now, this shit ain't hard, man. This is easy shit. All I got to do is watch Raw, NXT, SmackDown. Just give you a piece of my mind about it. Just shove the spoon right in your mouth. See, that's the thing, Greg. We want to hear your opinions, but it just seems like less of a report and more of a rant. And we're kind of trying to strike the balance between the two in our show while adding our classic, you know, non-wrestling elements too. It's what brought us to where we are now, and we just need a little more polish out of you. Look, hey, man, listen, Brett, listen. You want people to listen to your show? Not that it fucking matters, but like, do you really want that? You know what? You're starting to sound like that fucking goon, Beaumont. Hey, hey. Actually, Greg, Beaumont's the one who brought a lot of this to my attention. Fucking figures. Yeah, well, he brought up some valid points. Um, Like, we need you to keep on message with what you're saying. You seem to get ahead of yourself a lot, and you get a little riled up and loud, and, you know, you contradict yourself a lot at some moments. I contradict myself? Well, I never fucking contradict myself. Not once. Never. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> Because of the interference at the end, you didn't even make it to NXT, which that's a problem. Um, I mean, I want you to be giving NXT the most time of the three programs, especially this week coming off the Great American Bash. Yep, yep. I had a gotcha. I gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. So, and maybe just take a little step back on the volume too. I mean, you were you were peaking a lot during most of your segment. And uh, if you're not going to invest in an actual microphone. Okay, okay, okay. Whatever, whatever. Jeez. And you know what, Greg, I'll be honest. And this was a bit of a problem for me, but Beaumont specifically was very upset when you called yourself a brain buster boy. Hey, what the fuck is that about? I'm, a, I'm in the fucking show. I'm a brain buster boy. Hey, Greg, whoa, chill. Listen, listen, I've been trying to be patient with you. I've been the one sticking up for you with Beaumont because he does not want you to be a part of this. But these angry outbursts are not okay. We're not going to allow it on our show. It's not part of our brand, not even close. So above all else, you're going to have to cut that shit out. There's absolutely no placement for it here. Okay, you understand? Sure, sure. Fine, fine. I get it. No, it's fine. Sure, I got it. 
All right, Greg, keep your head up. It's going to be fine. Let's have a good show, and I'll talk to you soon. to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 27. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Sup? Nothing. Uh, you can maybe tell, uh, I know you know, but the listeners, I've been a bit under the weather this week. Um, mostly, I think, allergy and asthma related. Mold counts have been very high. I've been coughing a lot, shortness of breath. It's been just wonderful, but... Uh, Certainly wouldn't miss this recording for the world. Not, not one bit. You know, it's kind of been weird. It's kind of like we've had this rain sort of come in, yeah, kind of tumble in. I'm hoping that'll outside. kind of wash away all the yeah. the toxins in the air, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, you know, like it's almost like Micah has been here. Yeah, in, in and person. hoping that this week we'll have a little less toxic, uh, less upset, <sighs> which. Our guy Ethan Page certainly uh, started uh, yep. started off on a good note on yep. that one, as we'll get into later. He so sure did, uh, yeah. let's just get some smooth sailing. You know, let's let's have some fun. We've got uh, number two of the Greg Goldman report, uh, <laughs> which I know you uh, are certainly skeptical on. But uh, uh, what? Nah. Let's hear it. What do you got? Like I don't know. Um, you know, I've been kind of thinking a lot. You know, you know what I said about him calling himself the brain bus- a brain buster boy. And yeah, I mean, I didn't I'm saying? quite and, care for that either. Well, well, and like we've been through so much, like you know, like that's something that you have to kind of be there for those things. You for have sure. to be a part of those experiences to have that name. You can't just like charge in here, hang out on our porch when we get back yeah. from it from a road trip, and just just you know saunter on into our show. I agree. Yeah, you you can't do that. And like. But the, on the flip side, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the flip side. He's like, not a brain buster he's boy. He's not a brain buster boy no. at all. And, and his show was bad last week. It was, <laughs> I it was, mean, it was, it was, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, I get like... I mean, I was still entertained to... I <laughs> yeah, mean, again, I the, tr- the train wreck is kind of part of the appeal. Right. I wish he would have talked about NXT. Right. And like that said... Thank God like, for it. Thank Lord have mercy. But uh, like that said, you know, I've kind of realized like, there's not a lot he can do to change the upward trajectory of this show, the, like the trajectory that we've been on. You know, there's nothing that, like, you know, he can't ruin us. Like, we are doing him a favor, you know. That, exactly. Like, 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 you know, like, it is sort of, it is all down, like, he is downstream. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, right, right, hey, so. here we are, and we're giving it a shot, yeah. and uh, I can't wait to see what he's got cooked up for this week. Yeah, you know, big part of me. Medium-sized part of me says me too. Especially with the poor, poor ratings for Raw this week. I think it was the He'll second lowest that. number. Or will he? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah, definitely well. kind of contradicts himself, but, uh, you know, he talks about ratings all the time, but then also says he doesn't give a fuck about them. But, uh, but hey, it's the second lowest rating for Raw since the year it debuted in 93, so that's newsworthy as far as I'm concerned. Hard not to give a fuck. And, like, you know... Ratings is a big topic on Twitter. Like, he's not the oh, only person who's no. a part of it. Even though he's a, you know, in our corner of the internet, a big, 
you know, influencer or fueler of it, you know, um, but like, but yeah, usually like that's the one, you know, bit of ammunition that WWE people kind of have, I guess, logistically in terms of like an empirical fact, you know, and and that doesn't really matter to me, you know, that, you know, doesn't matter. And you know, who does give a fuck about Randy? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I think, um, it is something. It, it 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 is noteworthy with all with all the cuts and now these people joining AEW. Yep. You know you hear people <laughs> complain about AEW hasn't turned a profit yet. They've been around for two years. It yeah. Took WCW how long? Yeah. They're to yeah. T- yeah. A while. A while. Yeah. yeah. And WWF now is even more established. Yeah. Like they're going to be decades just after fun. Back. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't talk about NXT last week. We had a pretty solid NXT Great American Bash this past week, so I'll be interested to hear his thoughts on that. And Kyle O'Reilly fight Adam Cole again, Which right? Cole won this yeah, time to yeah. kind of put that at one, one-on-one and kind of how we talked back when we were covering mm-hmm. WWE and NXT, like when... Um, 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 when O'Reilly beat Cole at Stand and Deliver, there was the talk of, okay, is Cole going up to SmackDown or Raw, mm-hmm. or do they do this kind of yeah. best of three feud like yeah. Champa and Gargano did? And clearly that's where we're headed. It's yeah. one-to-one, and I love it. Yeah, I want to watch that match. The, yeah, it was a ver- just a very, you know, unlike the Stand and Deliver match, which had weapons and went 45 minutes or whatever, this was about like... 18 and just like very good old school wrestling and it was just an awesome match yeah, so yeah. It sounds tight um yeah it was a good show and uh you will hear more about it later on in the greg goldman report hopefully and you mentioned wwe releases and folks coming into aew and pff, we certainly had a big one this week don't call me Tommy End. My name is Malachi Black, and he is here in AEW. And the reason he is here right now is hilariously due to a clerical error on WWE's part, which they did not update his 30-day non-compete to a 90-day non-compete when he went up to the main roster. So I think that's what made his debut even more shocking and Cannot wait to see what Malachi Black brings to AEW. Another thing that I was in, his name is spelled M-A-L-A-K-A-I. Uh, yeah. Which I wrote down M-A-L-A-C-H-I. Like, so the, did like I. the classic like Jewish Hebrew yep, name. Yep. Malachi Constant. I did the same. And the Sirens of Titan. You know, it's a good Kurt Vonnegut book. But uh, mm, I have it, I have read that. Yeah, one, yeah, actually. Malachi, yeah. Malachi, the luckiest man yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, got I had like a brief Vonnegut stage. Yeah. I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. I read a few of the books, and yeah. that was one of them. No, they're fun. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah. a hoot. Yeah, he is a hoot. But yeah, so with that, uh, we have decided, and don't know which match yet, because we're going to be, this is Thursday, we're going to be recording that on Saturday, but for if you recall, we are going to watch a Aleister Black or Tommy End match. Plenty to choose from, and we'll figure that out, but I guess you haven't really seen him wrestle yet. No, I saw, I saw him do the um, that sort of like children's book promo. On SmackDown. That like fable promo. Yeah, that, when that, he that, that first was, started coming With the back. animation that was kind of yeah. wicked, so you know, it'll be interesting, because like... I guess without that level of production in AEW, you know, he's just going to have to be that role. And, like, he look cool. He had the black eye. We'll yeah. talk about that later. But yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. And, I mean, we're going to choose between Gargano, Andrade, Adam Cole, even AJ Styles on the indies. It'll likely be one of those four matches. But, yeah, looking forward for you to see him. And he had a real badass entrance in NXT, yeah. too. And um, the kick that – well, again, we'll get into it. But it's going to be awesome. So, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got. You got anything else before we hit the road and rage on to Miami? Uh. 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 
AEW Dynamite Road Rager 7721 in Miami, Florida. The first show outside of Daly's Place since COVID began. And the crowd was just amazing and electric. And it was just so great seeing, you know, all the signs and hearing the chants and everything. And it's just good to be back to kind of just normal wrestling again. Oh, oh yeah. And like a different set of people were there. Because the chants, exactly. like the ones at Daly's Place, you know, like I don't want to complain about them because they like sort of carry the thing, but they would be expected. Like you knew everyone was going to sing Judas. Yeah. You knew um, people were going to chant like AEW and we're going to, you know, sort of say the things they needed to say. But like here, you know, like the Dan Callis chant, yep. you know, that went down, like it was unexpected and provided kind of a, just an interesting, you know, element that, you know, you kind of couldn't anticipate and also just like you know at daly's place it seemed like there were always wrestlers or like aew staff that were always sitting ringside yeah. now it's just normal fans oh again. yeah we're in they're up a lot closer yeah, exactly daly's yeah. place is kind of like an auditorium yep. you know almost so yeah just great to be back out on the road and of course cody gets the first entrance of kind of this new era of aew so to speak um as we kick off with Cody defeating QT Marshall in the South Beach Teco strap match in 10 minutes, 39 seconds. And I knew it was a bad sign for QT right off the bat when he didn't get an entrance. Yeah. We got Cody's entrance and then it's like introducing QT Marshall, which is always kind of the jobber thing. Yeah, like, yeah. So when he didn't get the entrance, you knew he was going to lose. Mm. He was going to lose anyway. But, you know, we've talked about this. Let's just call it a shitty feud. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you'd kind of been saying, like, we needed a good match, and this was okay. Like, it was fun. Uh, I mean, strap matches are certainly different, and yeah. you got to touch all four corners. So, you know, it was unique, kind of reminiscent to the Camarado Dustin bullshit match. So, this was bullshit match part two, <laughs> because Dustin showed up in this. Yeah. So, there's continuity. Yep. It's a damn yeah. sequel. Yeah. yeah. So, Aaron Solo of the factory, like, hit Cody early on, and yes, Dustin, they call him the natural. Came out and he chased out Solo and Camarado. Interesting to note, Anthony Agogo hasn't been seen in about a month. Oh yeah, like I was, I was even thinking like the past few weeks you've only seen Solo and Camarado. I'm like, who's missing Agogo? But um, I don't know if he just went back to England or what. But I'm okay with it. <laughs> and um, so yeah, the match was fine. I was entertained. Um, you know, we had the moment where QT had hit three of the corners where Cody was kind of following him on each one and then QT ended up hitting him with the German suplex and then one of the better moves of the match they were up on the top and Cody went for the Hurricane Rana and QT kind of caught him and ended up hitting him with a power bomb. Um, they both hit their variations of the cutter QT with the diamond cutter Cody with the Cody cutter um, and it ends with Cody touching three and then he back kick low blows QT which leads QT to spit on him and then not one, not two, but three crossroads by Cody. And he hits the four corners. And that is that. And hopefully the end of this feud. Yeah, hopefully. Um, one thing I do want to say is, I, you know, as like, I don't know if this is the first of this type of match I've seen where you do have to touch the four corners yeah. to, to, to win. But I was a little confused about like what constituted like a reset mm -hmm. when you were back to zero. Like, yeah. you know, so like. That is sort of my biggest knock on the match. I had trouble sort of gauging. And it's not you know, really momentum. clearly stated. It's, not. it's almost just like if five to ten seconds passes, it's like a reset. Yeah, you know, yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I agree. It should be 
there should be a rule in place. Yeah, or, you know, like having a graphic, having the TNT have like a graphic yeah. app, you know, showing that at least the viewers. I guess the bullshit match wasn't like this, No, right? I think the bullshit match, you had to pin them, Okay, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this is more of a traditional strap match where you do have to hit, the, which I like it, you know, yeah. it's different. But yeah, you're right. For someone like you who hasn't seen that before, I could definitely understand the confusion of like, well, what is going on here? Yeah, Why yeah. did this reset now? Why yeah. can't he just hit the fourth one? Yeah, that was the thing. You know, I, I understood the objective, but like, you know, you know that they were going to attempt and, you know, like, you know, and thwart the other's attempt. And like, I yep. just kind of didn't know, like, you know, when you were back at zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, again, decent little match. And based on what happens later on, I think this likely will spell the end of the feud, thankfully. I hope so. And we'll see. You know, again, I've said I, I like QT, you know, kind of as a lower rung guy, but I feel like. You know, it's just been enough of this feud with Cody and everyone, and let's all move on and uh, see what happens. Agreed. So then we get a Sean Spears promo talking shit about Sammy Guevara, basically how he hit him with the chair last week, which led to MJF's victory. And Sammy shows up and hits Sean Spears with the chair mm -hmm. and says, Gotcha, bitch! Yeah. This is far, far from over. And just a quick and easy promo. Love it. You know, and I kind of thought it would, like, maybe come back. Yeah. You know, like, because, like, you know, it happened so quickly. Uh -huh. And I thought, like, Spears' absence would play a role, and then Sammy would kind of come out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it kind of didn't, but it still was fun. I'm guessing we're probably going to have a singles match between those two here yeah. in the near future. Because, as we've said week after week, this feud is not going anywhere anytime mm -hmm. soon. So, mm -hmm. and more into that here shortly as well. And then we get one of the moments of the night... With Kenny and Dan Callis coming out, and you mentioned the the chance earlier with Callis, and yeah, this is when it first hit me too. It's like the crowd very loudly chanting, "You got fired," referring to Callis as an Impact executive. Mm -hmm. And Callis, to his credit, you know, hit rolls with the punches. Real men don't quit; they get fired, which I thought was just great. I thought it was great. You know. Um I think this and the upcoming Bangkok joke really worked well because, like, yeah. the heels were kind of, like, lame in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a very, like, spot-on comeback, but it also was, like, you know, like, kind of a little, like, like insecure. Yeah. You know, like, and so, like, you, you kind of had sort of that behind the heels, which I thought was a fun Well, and that's what these, like, these crowd chants will do to the performers is kind of force them to improvise a yeah. little bit, and that's kind of what a lot of this is, mm -hmm. and... Not that it wasn't happening at Daly's place. Definitely towards the end, you'd get some chants and cheers, but not like this where yeah. it was loud and in your loud to the point where they almost had to react to it. Right. Um, so love it, and those two kind of continue the same trope of last week, um, basically going over the opponents Kenny has beaten and saying, "Well, there's no one else really left," which. You know, they could have played it a little bit differently since we kind of just did this mm -hmm. last week. But, you know, it's all good. And the crowd goes, we want Hangman. Again, just to hear that crowd, it just ooh, it gets my blood boiling. And then a cue, our boy, Evil Uno, um, coming out with the whole Dark Order. And I love, he basically asked Callus to step back so the men can talk, yeah. which was great. Which kind of refers back to the real men get fired thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fun, yeah. fun reference. I like how Evil Uno is the MC of the Dark Order. Yeah, he's good. He's just got he's, such like a fun voice oh, and yeah. just the mask, like it all, yeah. wearing the suit. Well, yeah, he's but, great. Well, and he's good for this arc that they're you know about to start with Kenny. Absolutely. You know, their, their, their championship trajectory thing here. So Uno basically asks why they're ignoring the crowd, why they're ignoring the number one ranked wrestler in AEW, and Kenny says. 
you know, he's Evil Uno is a smarter person than he is a wrestler, and then he asks him the capital of Thailand, which of course we all know is Bangkok, and Kenny kicks him in the nuts, which leads, of course, to Gallows and Anderson coming out, and here comes Hangman, and the crowd fucking loses it. So do we. Mm. I love it. He clears everyone out, and just the moment, we talked about this last night, but that moment when he cleared them out and he sets up on the apron for the buck shot, and you could just hear that pop of the crowd just go nuclear. And I knew they weren't going to do it yet, like because, like we said last week, this is going to be a slow burn. Very and slow burn. doing it so well, but just like, it's going to happen. And when it does happen, it's going to be fucking electric. Yeah, and I'm kind of, you know, like he needed to come out this time. Yep. You know, we needed a again, good moment to have on the first, you know, um, show outside of Dan's yep. place, first leg of this road trip that they're going on. I like how Kenny skedaddled like Dan Pallas. Yeah, they're nice, you know? some nice stare downs yeah. between the two. Oh, yeah, and so, to, you know, like definitely like this whole... Um, segment was like kind of one of the first times the heels kind of, you know, the, the big championship heels kind of seem very cowardly. Mm-hmm. You know, they've kind of like really sort of pissed you off, but now they just kind of seem like, you know, um, you know, like I said, very cowardly. Interesting to note though that Callus referenced um, Fight for the Fallen, which is at the end of July, and Kenny needing an opponent for that. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I imagine Kenny Hangman's going to happen at All Out, the pay per view. Like yeah. it just seems. That's what should happen. Yeah. But with mentioning Fight for the Fallen, like, could they do it there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it'd be too soon to do it over I the agree. next, like, three weeks. But does Kenny still defend the title there? Does he defend against someone in the Dark Order? I don't know. We yeah, sh- I think so. And I think, like, clearly Kenny in, the, in, in, in K-Fape doesn't want to fight Hangman. Exactly. You so, know? yeah, so, they can delay it. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of uh, trickery. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it's the best shit going in AEW, and we will continue to monitor the slow burn week by week, and we can't fucking wait. And then we have normally very upset Ethan Page and Darby Allen in a sit-down interview with Jim Ross to discuss next week's coffin match, which was supposed to be this week, but Ethan was very upset last week and basically said, no, we're waiting another week and you can't touch me. Um, shockingly, very composed Ethan Page during this interview. Yeah, you know, I think he maybe just blew his own head gasket last week. <laughs> you know, maybe JR, the peer mediator, yeah. kind of, you know, helped a little bit. JR is great during these segments, yeah. too. I re- like, I've seen people online saying, like, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally fine with his commentary. He has the botches, but people are saying, like, maybe they should keep him more in this role. And kind of, you know, eventually give commentary to someone else. But that's beside the point. But he's always great in the, like you said, the peer mediator of yeah. these segments. Yeah, in the middle. And I think just sort of his, like, kind of just affect just kind of slows things. You know, just kind of calms things down. And I think it kind of created that vibe. Yep. Um, you know, it kind of played to Darby's sort of, you know, skills, his acting skills a lot more. Yep. You know, he kind of had the better lines. And Ethan, you know, Paige, you know. Still had words of a man who was very upset, but not the demeanor no. or the disposition, you know, this time around. You know, we uh, snapped a couple good photos. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of dug into a lot of their past, which we've discussed. Yeah. Like, they had some big feuds on the indies and Evolve, um, which basically Darby said Ethan was jealous, and it's not his fault he got married and had kids, and Darby dropped everything to make sure he made it to AEW. That Ethan was a big fish in a small pond, and he couldn't stand that Darby made it to AEW first. 
Uh, and Ethan was like, you speak the truth. And basically he said, I brought you up in wrestling and I'm the reason you're cashing checks these days and next week I'm going to take you out. So Damn. again, as composed and not upset as Ethan Page has been in a month, it seems like, and I think the coffin match next week should be a banger. What do you think is going to win? That's kind of an interesting one. <sighs> I mean, I would love to see Ethan Page win, yeah. but... Smart money's on Darby here. Probably. I mean, he's the person, I mean, you know, as that conversation sort of, you know, pointed toward, like kind of the the person just with more like clout in the, yeah. the storyline and just more direction away. And, you know, Ethan Page is a little bit behind, but not far. I mean, you know. Yeah. He, he's got his thing. And we'll see as well as if they do like a Sting-Scorpio-Sky match as well, because, you know, I think that could very well happen also. Agreed. So then we get to the pinnacle of Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, and Wardlow defeating the inner circle team of Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz in 8.56. Uh, you mentioned this last night. Very fun match, but ended quite abruptly. Yeah, I think, you know, that 8.56, you know, says a lot to it. You know, this is a match where, you know, um, you know, people have been looking forward to Santana Ortiz versus FTR a yeah, whole lot. And so, the, and so this is part of that. And a lot of people online were saying, oh, yeah, now that, you know, AEW's back on the road, are we going to introduce sort of a triples or a trios, yes. you know, kind of title? And they thought that this could be it. And if this was sort of the, the head of the spear, you know, the, the launching pad for this, it was, you know, considering the personnel, a little disappointing. Yeah, and again, it was a good match. But, yeah, you're right. Like, it just did kind of end out of nowhere, and we know it could have been better. Yeah, and, and, and of course we had um, Tully and Conan yeah. out there. You yeah, know. their dog Conan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course we had you know we had our classic Hager Wardlow face-offs, the big boy brawl. You know, some fun stuff between FTR and Santana and Ortiz. Which I think I read somewhere that one or both of those teams haven't had like a straight up tag match on Dynamite since like February. Really? Seems hard to believe. Pro probably but, FTR. But also like Maybe? not shocking though when you really think about it. Because you know they'd had the blood and guts and the stadium stampede. Just involved in stable storylines. And other yeah. like bigger six man, eight man tag mm -hmm. matches. But man, yeah, I can't wait to see the FTR, Santana and Ortiz match. And I'm, I imagine it'll be coming here either Fighter Fest Night 2 or Fight for the Fallen coming up. Sure thing. Um, but yeah, so the match ended, you know, it ended weirdly with Tully distracting the ref and FTR hitting the big rig and Wardlow made the pin, but Santana and Ortiz were nowhere to be found. Yeah, either. yeah. It was like, where, where the hell are... That's why it was so weird, like... You know, I knew that was their move, and I guess this is going to be it, but where? why weren't they there to break it up? Yeah, no, it just seemed very kind of like... Convenient. Yeah, just like, that's it? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and then after the match, the dog Conan had, and I can't remember what they call it, but the sock with like the tennis balls. Oh, they yeah, have a name around. for it. I can't remember, but he hit, who did he hit with it? Wardlow. Mm -hmm. And then Tully came in from behind and like chop blocked his knee, which yeah. was pretty classic. And then Santana and Ortiz came to make the save. But, you know, like we said earlier, this feud isn't going anywhere. We've seen... The Wardlow-Hager cage match, but I think we're going to get the rubber match on that because Wardlow had beat him previously. And yeah, give us FTR, Santana, and Ortiz. Let them go 20-plus minutes and have a fucking banger. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, this is, you know, a decent enough setup for things. And play. let the winner challenge for the tag titles. Like, yeah, I feel like that yeah. could easily just be a number one contenders match. And San that's the thing, Santana and Ortiz had a nice feud with the Bucks in, like, 2019. Yeah. 
um, where the roles were reversed. Santana and Ortiz were the heels, the Bucks were the faces. So I would love to see that match again with the opposite trajectories this time. And I think that might be where we're headed at some point. I would imagine, yeah. And then we got a brief video package which surprised me but excited me very much that next week we're going to get Machine Gun Carl Anderson challenging John Moxley for the IWGP US title. I guess I just assumed Moxley would have been gone a little longer from his paternity leave or whatever you want to like call it. Like a month, right? Yeah, probably about that. Again, I'm not complaining one bit. Uh, it, this just kind of caught me out of the blue. And I think I've told you, like, Anderson, he was so good in New Japan. Like, so much better than what you see of him in these... Not that he's been bad, but, like, to really see him shine in a singles match. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in the 2012 G1 final against Okada. It was an amazing match. So, I can't wait to see it. And I love that they even brought up the history of the U.S. title. That Kenny was the first champion while he was a member of the Bullet Club, and now they've kind of brought the Bullet Club back to AEW as the elite. So, you know, a lot of threads with this storyline here as well, and I think it should be an awesome match. And I think there's a chance Carl Anderson could win. Yeah, Probably think- not, but I think it would be pretty cool to see the elite get even more gold. Yeah, no, I think like that would, you know, especially like if they're going to be building up like Hangman and kind of like the Bucks are going to get challenged, you know, like like the the, be- the bigger the fall, the better yeah. when that happens. And it will be interesting just in general, win or lose, to see where Moxley goes because, you know, he was tied to the AEW world title for so long, got the rematch in the Exploding Barbed Wire death match, and then went straight for the tag titles. Yeah. So he's like been in a title picture for over a year consistently. Yeah. And yes, this is the IWGP US title and he's still got that. But, you know, how much are they going to be featuring that on Dynamite? And just will be interesting. I mean, I think we can see a lot of nice fresh feuds from Moxley coming yeah, up. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then we get our Jericho MJF face-to-face. And we had a fan try to get into the ring. Oh, yeah. So welcome back, live crowds. I mean, you could see yeah, it a little. Yes, that happened in freaking basketball too, didn't it? Like, like fans running on, oh the yeah, floor and throwing stuff. So it's like everyone's so wound up. Yeah. Like I don't get the mentality. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, know? it's like you're gonna go to jail. Oh yeah, you're gonna you go. To, you're, you're gonna get banned. From you're the gonna arena get for beat good. up. Per, you're gonna get banned from the arena and perhaps banned from AEW yeah. for good. So you're gonna be watching everything at home. From yeah. Now on. That sucks. And you're gonna. I mean, yeah, you got punched by Jericho. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, just funny stuff. And I did love that MJF, like, immediately didn't miss a beat. And he basically says, I welcome any of you fat hicks to come into the ring so I can beat your ass. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just classic. But um, I thought this was a very fun segment. Kind of had them both sitting on opposite sides of the table. And Jericho especially, I feel like, had so many just great facial expressions while MJF was talking. I mean... You know, back to the dinner debonair and before, like, these two have always had just such incredible chemistry on the microphone. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, you know, they kind of, you know, came in hot, and, you know, the, the, the level just kind of simmered throughout. You know, both of these guys can really carry a segment on their own. But, yeah, together it's some real electricity. Absolutely. So the whole point of this was to kind of go over MJF stipulations that Jericho has to meet before he can have a match with them. And again, storyline continuity, I love that he brought up Jericho's feud with Moxley, which was before you came in, but basically Jericho made Moxley beat every member of the inner circle before he could face Jericho. And MJF is like, I'm going to go with that blueprint, but make it better. 
You know, they talk about mythology and the labors of Hercules and MJF's like, I've got five labors for you. Mm-hmm. And Jericho will have to face four opponents of MJF's choosing with different stipulations and win them all back to back to back to back before he can face MJF. And um, Jericho says, if I can't win, then maybe I don't belong in AEW. And eventually MJF is like, I'm from Long Island and I need a handshake and... You know, they shake the hands and Jericho holds on and he hits him with the Judas effect. It was kind of weak, but the sell by sell MJF was, yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, one of the best sellers, oh, you know. It's just like a tree fall. He's a Larry Sellers. Timber! Yeah. Uh, did you say he's a Larry Sellers? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cut your dick off, Larry. <laughs> that, that fucking brat, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this was great, and it'll be very interesting to see who Jericho has to face. I saw someone online say, like, Sammy would be one. Like, how great would that be? You know, yeah, like, he know, has to beat Sammy. Oh, yeah, you know MJF's going to throw some psychological shit on Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure it'll be at least one or two pinnacle guys. Yeah. Like, maybe Ward, because Wardlow is one that Cody had to beat when MJF did the same thing to him yeah. a couple years ago. Well, someone who Jericho can, like, have, like, a, you know, they're going to be plot matches. Yep. You know, and uh, like, you know, who Jericho, who Jericho can hold his own against? Like, it wouldn't be like Kenny or Mox. No, maybe Mox though, since they had that feud. Yeah, referencing that could be fun. I mean, maybe but, you could get like an Archer, someone yeah. oh, like just yeah. like a bigger dude yeah. as well. It probably wouldn't be Mox because I mean, you know, probably he, not. Yeah, because he would have. To, I mean, he, one would assume he's going to win all these. Matches. I th- yeah, I mean, he's going to. Yeah. I think the Sammy one would definitely be like that's where you'd get the most drama. Oh, if for he sure. had to beat Sammy, mm-hmm. like. And again, when this segment was happening, I wasn't even really speculating yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I saw that written, I'm like, wow, yeah, this could get very interesting. Mm-hmm. And now that the wheels are turning, we're going down some fascinating roads. Can't wait. And we get a Britt Baker DMD with Rebel promo with Tony. And um, the big noteworthy thing here was basically Britt, he ended up saying Tony Khan should feel bad that Rebel got hurt. I think she dislocated her kneecap. And I did love Rebel's facial expressions in the background, almost like kind of throwing shade at Britt, yeah. which was interesting and I enjoyed it. But, um, she said TK has Andrade now since Vicky brought him in and she says enjoy your blood money and maybe we'll be running shows in Saudi Arabia which is a direct hit at WWE Yeah, because they were doing all these big shows in Saudi Arabia for tens of millions upon millions mm-hmm. and you know it was just not a good look no um, so and you know AEW I don't always love it but they never really miss an opportunity to shit on WWE I'm here for some of it this one eh didn't really care for i thought the promo was just okay yeah i did too and yeah. she's had so many better promos oh so. yeah you know she's had these real bite-sized promos the last few weeks and then you know kind of you know sandwiched in between that was her own bullshit match with vicky and <laughs> yeah. nyla rose last week so she's fine nyla rose next week is it next week or the week, week after it's i at, think it's the week fighter after fest. i think okay. it's fighter fest night fighter two. fest two okay gotcha but yeah that should be a good match and i'm sure Britt will retain one more imagine so then we get the debut of Andrade El Idolo, who defeated Matt Seidel in 7 minutes 37 seconds. Match was okay. I wanted it to be a little bit better. Um, it was short. Still great to see Andrade. I did love like the mask that he came yeah. out with. Although it was interesting when he kind of like undressed, he did it from the front. Yeah. And it just looked kind of weird. <laughs> 
And even weirder as well, I thought his gear, they were just like baseball pants. Oh, yeah, they are pinstripe slacks. Yeah. And yeah, it looked, like, was... looked like he played for the freaking Yankees. Yeah, that's man. what yeah. I was thinking, too. Yeah. And, like, obviously he was wearing wrestling boots, but it looked like they were just dress shoes. Yeah. Because you could only see the bottom of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the gear leaves a little be- to be desired. But, right. um, you know, he looked okay. Um, I think he was knocking some rust off a little bit. Like, he wasn't as smooth as he normally is, and... You know, I thought Seidel would have been a, you know, he was a fine opponent for him because he can bump around and do whatever to make someone look good. But I guess I just had a little bit higher expectations. But it was fine. Yeah. Nothing nothing bad. Yeah, you know, it was definitely a match where Andrade was, you know, pretty set to win. Um, Absolutely. You know, his um, moveset, you know, seemed pretty similar to me that we did in the Gargano match. Yeah, he had yeah. the that, like, double moonsault that yeah. he did early, which is always great, where he does the moonsault off the top, the guy rolls away, and then he does the standing moonsault yeah. and hits him, which he did in the, like, mm-hmm. I just love that move. And whose move was the Meteora? Is that Seidel? Seidel. That's like, like where the you... the Linkin Park album? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like where you jump off the top and hit him with both knees. Gotcha. Um, and then, yeah, Andrade finished him with the Hammerlock DDT, which is also what his move was in NXT. Didn't look great. Um, again, it just wasn't as smooth, but he's going to be fine. The guy's a stud, and as Taz says, this is just the start. This is just the start. And, and also, like, I guess, uh, just a little ways past the start, he kind of, you know, started, you know, put something around side Alex Mack. Was it his belt or something? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, is that sort of like, is he going to kind of, you know, well, and then he is hit- it, like, could we, you know, like a slight heel pivot? Yeah. You know? Well, I think he is, he is heel. Yeah, right well, I guess now. he's with Vicky. Yeah, yeah, he is a heel. But then, and then he also put him in that, like, submission move after the match where he, like, grabbed both of his arms mm-hmm. as well. So, definitely some heel shit after the match. And, We'll see how they continue to build him and uh, when he starts getting some of these uh, more high-profile matches. Neato. Neato. Then we get a very brief uh, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy promo video package, which, you know, they had a huge tag team feud for many years in WWEF, Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian. But surprised, I saw that their last singles match period was like sometime in 2009 but it was at a house show so their last televised singles match was like 2004 oh lord which again for guys that had been linked for so long just like wow i'm surprised it's been that long long, almost a decade so i think this should be yeah i think this should be a really fun match i mean they're both in their mid to late 40s but there is so much history they both still can work um and i'm excited and uh i think christian will get the w and you know, we've talked about him maybe challenging Kenny at some point. I don't know if they try to sneak that in before Hangman, but we shall see. Yeah. I, I think it should be a good match. And then we have good old Arn being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Oh, and we forgot to reference, because it comes into play here, that in the first match between Cody and QT, the lights went out yeah. for like, you know, three seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the heck was that? Yeah, you know, and then everyone on Twitter was like, oh, AEW, fucking yeah, up. Yeah, ex- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technical <laughs> difficulties, oh, yeah. yet again. Yet again, what's wrong with you? Fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it was all just a ruse, people. As, you know, 30 seconds into this interview, the lights go out again, and someone's coming, and who would have... I mean, I was laying in my bed again. I've been kind of sick and not feeling great. And when those lights came on, and Alistair Black, as I'm going to call him, because that's what I've known him as, just like when he showed up, I'm like, I think I yelled out like, holy fuck! Like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. 
And again, due to the fact that no one would have expected him here for a couple of months and just right away fucking nails Arn with the black mask kick. Mm -hmm. Cody comes out, he nails Cody with the kick and uh, just what a way to bring him in. And he's, he has the black eye, which I read, um, he had, he sustained an eye injury on SmackDown or in WWE at some point. And I love that that's carrying over. And, yeah, just can't wait to see uh, what Malachi Black will be bringing to AEW. Well, if he's fucking with Cody, first of all, that like could that, that could clearly be the end of the Cody QT Marshall feud. Yes. Like, just, just what a great end. Like, yes. it, it's like the most boring, boring... Well, we just had our own blackout there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I knocked out the uh, power strip, which basically has everything plugged into oh, it. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, you know, this being the end to the Cody QT Marshall food, feud, food, is like the most boring sentence ever ended with an exclamation yes. point. You know, emphatic. And that's why when we yeah. said earlier, we think it's the end of the feud because of this. And I love that uh, Black comes in and goes right for Cody, you yeah. know. Um, so it's going to be great. Uh, just can't wait to see what all transpires. Heck and, yeah. uh, just, I mean, AEW continues to build this roster with legit stars. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, now that we've got Rampage coming up with the extra hour on TBS, you know, it's going to get, you know, people have said like, well, there's not enough time for everyone, but they're going to figure it out and there's yeah. still elevation and dark and everything. So you know, it's going to be a fun uh, fun summer here in AEW. Interesting. So then we get a flashback to Ricky Stalks with his security team uh, basically talking shit about Brian Cage. And they have their match next week for the FTW title. And Stark says he's going to win the said FTW title and that the W stands for wife. Cage's wife and... <laughs> Brian Cage storms out, and he's very upset. Yeah, he was m- most upset in AEW. I would say week. so, yeah. I yeah. mean, we're still not dethroning Ethan Page by not, any not means. Not even close. But Cage was irate, beat up the security, and of course Stark skedaddled. And, you know, this should be a fun match, too. I mean, I think I don't see any way that Cage and Starks and Team Taz make up after this. No. I'm sh- I mean, I was going to say I'm sure Cage is going to win, but maybe they have Stark's sneakily heel bullshit, you know, yeah. maybe with some help from Hook, Hook. Yeah. get the victory. I feel like that would be the more compelling story. Right. And then you can still have Cage kind of feud with all those yeah. guys well, throughout. Well, I think they're propping Cage up. I think they're kind of wanting to kind of get Cage sort of out of that maybe a little bit, yeah. you know, kind of move him away from the Team Taz feud and yep. kind of get him against other people. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, hell, like he could be a – I mean, he's done TNT title stuff. I mean, could he, like, you know, move up and challenge Kitty at some point? Yeah, and we in? talked about maybe yeah. he does end up beating Miro. And, yeah, yeah, I think he certainly could challenge Kenny. And I think that would be a great match. Yeah. Yeah, Cage is awesome. I mean, as huge of a, you know, big muscle guy as he is, he's got a lot of agility and speed. And, you know, he could flip around and fly around as big as he is. So, he's tight. Yeah. And uh, I think him and Starks will be awesome. And we haven't seen Starks in a while because he's oh, been yeah, injured. Ages, so. yeah. Can't wait. And I'm sure Taz will either be on commentary or at ringside, and there's always going to be fireworks when that happens. Maybe. So we go into the mixed tag team match where Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy defeat the Blade and the Bunny in 8 minutes, 24 seconds. Largely a comedy match here, but I thought it was a ton of fun, and I thought it was interesting. I loved off the bat because, you know, the Blade and Bunny and all them have been using the brass knuckles or the knuckle duster, as we used to call it, and Aubrey 
referee Aubrey Edwards took them away from the blade initially. And so you think that's out, but it's a tee up. You know? yeah, yes, tee up. and we see what comes uh, towards the end. But we get some classic Orange Cassidy stuff to start doing his little kicks on both Bunny and Blade. And with the crowd back in it, too. Yep, yep. You know, like, uh, it was there for double or nothing. Yep. But, you know, to see it's, it kind of... To see again, the yeah. crowd get to cheer on Orange yeah. Cassidy, because we've been building for the, you know, the revolution of 2020, which was right before COVID, was really his breakout match. Yeah. And he hasn't been in front of large crowds since. So, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a ton of fun it with him. It was fun, yeah. Week after week. Chris Stratlander, I thought, had a great match for oh, somebody. Yeah. I didn't, you know. The yeah, you have, she was hurt, so yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, it was obviously kind of the, the star of this match, yeah. or the, the, the driver of that Absolutely. match story. Um, so I was really impressed with kind of her whole deal. Yeah, she's great. And she, I think she challenged Sheeta for the AEW women's title. Like, she was being built up pretty big before she got hurt. Right. So I imagine she'll probably face Britt at some point, and I think she'll definitely be a future AEW women's champ at some point. Um, but yeah, she's great. She's, I think JR said it, she's big, she's strong, she's athletic, she can do cool moves. Like, she's really got the, the total package. She, yeah, she totally does. And she hit the, the area 451, the 450 splash off the top onto Blade, mm -hmm. which looked great. Um, and shortly thereafter, Blade pops out another knuckle duster, yep. hits Orange Cassidy with it. Great sell. He's knocked out cold. He tries to cover Orange, but Aubrey says, no, no, Statlander's legal. And then Statlander hits the bunny with the Big Bang Theory, which is another cool like pile driver move where she hooks the legs and throws it down, slams it down. And yeah, I wrote fun little match. Both women looked good and just some, you know, just very fun overall. Yeah, you know, for popcorn match. Yeah, yeah, good for, popcorn match. Absolutely entertaining, funny. And you know, Orange has been built up pretty strongly of late. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just in the title match mm -hmm. again. Something has to come back with him and Callus at some point, but. You know, this has been like a nice little mini feud for him. Um, it sucks that Trent of the Best Friends got hurt again. So we haven't really seen Chuck Taylor recently either. Um, but, you know, I'm sure Orange is going to be getting into a more high-profile feud here shortly. And I'm sure Cornette's going to fucking love it. <laughs> it's going to be toxic. But yeah. actually, real quick, I want to bring this up because I mentioned Chuck Taylor. And remember, he was Miro's butler way back when, and it was terrible. So on NXT this week, and I'm sure Goldman will get into it later, um, Cameron Grimes and LA Knight had a match, which they just had one at the TakeOver, which LA Knight won the Million Dollar Championship. And then this rematch, if Grimes lost, he had to be LA Knight's butler. So oh. they're doing the same thing. He did lose, and I just have a feeling NXT is going to do this storyline a hell of a lot better than AEW. Probably. Did. I mean, I mean, it'd be hard not to. And just to see, you know, and I think AEW could have done it well. well like yeah. I think Chuck Taylor has the character to pull it off, but he didn't really have a chance. Oh yeah, and like all the stuff that he had, all the butlery duties that he had to do were in service of the wedding. Yeah, you know, and I think like the the, the real sort of um, cancer here was the wedding. Like, yeah. that's the real sort of depression. That's other sort than of like Sinister sort of, Jim Mitchell. Other than Sinister Jim Mitchell. But, like, yeah, like, that was, you know, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I think that was, you know, some real illogical booking. Oh, yeah. Nero. But I only wanted to bring it up because we talked about all that shit yeah. so much back then. And I really am excited because Cameron Grimes has kind of turned face now and he's been really cool. Um, and I'm excited to see how that plays out. And I yeah. think they'll do it pretty well. Yeah, that'll be fun. So we'll monitor. We'll hear what Goldman has to say later. 
Um, so then there's just a brief moment where they showed Jungle Boy getting a trophy for being the first to 50 wins. I thought it was funny. They had all these photographers in his face. Mm -hmm. And then we have Dan Lambert from America's Top Team, the MMA team, who they'd showed in the crowd a few times, getting ready to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, and he just rips the microphone out of his mm -hmm. hand. And I'm like, what the heck's going on here? And, you know, he's spouting and saying that, you know, if I wanted to watch good wrestling, I'd watch Florida Championship Wrestling from the 70s and 80s. And he's like, AEW sucks, and wrestling's gone downhill since the late 90s. And I'm like, I think I texted you. I'm like, this guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and, and a little bit about him that I, that, I told, that I told you. So the NCAA recently passed NIL, name, image, and likeness mm -hmm. laws, which... You know, for, um, you know, in short, it allows college athletes to make money. Which you know, should have happened long yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, the schools aren't paying them, but they're allowed to make money based on their, you know, success in athletics yep. on their own, an entrepreneurial thing. So this guy, so that some businesses kind of also, have, you know, made offers to people. So this guy and that gym that he runs, he's yep. offered Miami football players six figures. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, which like is kind of a little exploitative from yeah. it because it's supposed to be about the players like making a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that's a fucking salary, baby. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway. so, and I yeah. didn't know last night when we were watching, I'm like, this guy is cutting a great promo. Yeah. I'm like, this is just coming out of nowhere. So I, I did some reading and learned that he has been involved in wrestling, both in Impact and MLW, which is one of the other bigger indies. And then he was actually aligned with your boy, Booby Lashley, for quite a time in Impact mm. in like 2017-18. And huh. was just reading, there was an interview with him and just, you know, he is a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, and well, has imagine. been his whole life. And just like, I'll do as much as people will well, let me well, do. I'm having the time of my life well, doing his this. His big MMA people were there too. The, the, the woman, of the, they oh, yeah, kept Amanda showing Nunes. Amanda Nunez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was definitely one of the more high-profile women, yeah. you know, a few and years And they kept back. showing them, showing her in the crowd Jorge a lot. Masvidal. Mm -hmm. Like, I used to follow UFC a decent amount, you know, five, six, seven years yeah. ago. And I've heard of both of them, so. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, really fun stuff from Dan Lambert. And, you know, Archer comes out and just beats the shit out of him, hits him with the blackout, which was great. I mean, just classic Archer. Just yeah. coming down just to beat someone oh, up. Oh, yeah, you know, just like, you know, the util the Swiss Army knife for the utility yep. tool for whatever story. Yep. Just plug him in. Plug him in. Yep. So I'll be interested to see if Lambert comes back at any point or if this was just like a one-off since they were in Miami. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I'm you here know. for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it would be fun, I think. Absolutely. Good heel. So let's roll right into our main event, which is a rematch of last week, but a street fight where the Young Bucks defeat Eddie Kingston and Penta L. Sarah Miedo to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles in 14 minutes, 16 seconds. And this was crazy, disjointed, chaotic. Uh, thumbtacks got involved, yep. tables, chairs, everything. Um, really fun match, really entertaining match. Um, I think I did enjoy the straight up tag match last week a little I, more. I, I, I did too. It's a I lot think, more structure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think this couldn't decide whether it wanted to be like, you know, like your classic street fights that I've seen, like like the mocks, um, Kingston one. I guess that's the Iquin one. The, the thumbtacks reminded yeah. me of that at Full Gear last year. Yep. And then you know you had Penta just doing like flippy stuff yep. and like actual wrestling moves, and then immediately like the trash cans and the chairs were out yeah. really quickly. So yeah, I, I I do agree with you on that. But this was fun, still great. It's all yeah. right. It just couldn't make up its mind what it wanted to be. Yeah, and again, tons of big moves, tons of crazy moves. Um, like you said, we had Penta doing his flippy shit, which he hit off the apron onto Matt, the destroyer, through the table onto the outside before the commercial Oh, break. yeah, a lot of, like, the big, like, 
table breaking, chair slamming. That was before the break. And then yeah. after that, that was kind of more of the that was the the thumbtack. Yeah. Show. Well, and even before that, I think Nick power bombed Kingston onto the back of the table, like onto the like table onto the legs. legs. Like that would probably hurt more than going through it easily. Um, fucking metal. So we come back from the break, and Nick hits a senton bomb on Eddie on a trash can. Garbage day. Uh, Penta hits double sling blade on both young bucks, and this was a sweet moment. Kingston had Matt in the rear naked choke. And I, I remember texting you just a big old LOL when this happened. And Nick was on the top rope and just thinking about what he's going to do. And what does he do? He hits the 450 on the fucking ref. Yeah. Oh, and re- referee Rick Knox it was. So we have a, we have a little ref uh, carousel, a little ref do-si-do in this, in this Yeah. Match. So, and of course, right after Knox gets hit, Matt taps out. Yeah. You know, which is just classic heel shit uh-huh. where the ref is not awake and then they tap out. At that point, and we all, you know, we thought the Young Bucks were going to win. You did text me, you're like, could there be a big upset to kind of like close out this pretty wild show? And I'm like, I'd love it, but I doubt it. And I think when Matt did the phantom tap, we knew they weren't going to lose at that point. And another point where I knew that was happening. So I guess, you know, to kind of push things where good brothers come out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, they're out, of course. And so out comes Kazarian. And so each time Kazarian has come out, he's just knifed people. Like he's just come and just like beat the fuck out of people and dipped out. But like he's kind of got the upper hand. Nothing's happened to him. But then the good brothers put him in. What is that? That magic magic killer. The magic killer. And when that happened, I was just like, oh, this this is very different than what's happened before when he's come out. So, like, yep. that was kind of a, a bad omen. Yeah, he's usually yeah, had was, the upper hand. Yeah, yeah. So, when that happened, I was like, yeah. But I did love know. before that that Cutler had the aerosol cans again, again and he was yeah. about to do it and spray it, and then Kazarian picked him up and power bombed him through the table. Yes. Can't say enough good things about Brandon Cutler and what he's been doing here. Um, but, yeah, so after it was after the Magic Killer, that's when the Thumbtacks came out, which you referenced happened at Full Gear, and also in Kingston's debut match against Cody on Dynamite a couple years ago, which is just crazy to see those just on TV, not the pay-per-view, which yeah. I think is always great. And they did some different stuff with the Thumbtacks. Like, yes, they did have Nick hitting the top rope Hurricane Rana on Penta onto the tacks, which was kind of the first thing that happened but then the bucks just started throwing them yeah. throwing the tax which yeah. you don't see very often yeah, which is a pretty dangerous i know thing, you know like i know your eyes because you can see kingston just like wiping them off and then not only that nick put a bunch in kingston's mouth oh yeah he did yeah <laughs> and then matt super kicked him and that was it but you know i did like that they did some cool different stuff and yeah that's a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah, pretty, um, you know, pretty bloody. But Eddie that, Kingston not, doesn't give a no, fuck. No, he doesn't give a fuck. The thumb, the thumbtacks are his thing. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, again, very fun match. Um, of course, the Bucks win. Double super kick. Yeah, and the, the double pin yeah, when so he's just eating thumbtacks. Paul Turner was there, and then Rick Knox comes back yeah. and counts him out. Yep. And, uh and that's that. That's that. You know, pr- pretty pretty solid, you know, episode. Very fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the matches weren't exactly the best matches we've ever seen, but they were all, you know, pretty solid. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'd I take night, a final night at Daly's Place over this a little bit. Yeah. But but still. Still great. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of good, a lot of building toward big matches to come next week, in the next two to three weeks. Next week will be huge. Fighter Fest night one. I'm sure we'll get a more fleshed out night two card soon. 
and yeah, just great to be back on the road. And, you know, we're getting closer about a month and a half from when we're going to be on the road up in Milwaukee. Oh boy. And man, I, I'm, that's just going to be fucking It's going to be sick. I can't wait. Bingo Ringo. And yeah, that's our dynamite. What burns my ass? The toilet seat's on fire, man. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. We need to put wow. it out. You need to put that cigarette out. Big time. Actually, someone, Rich's girlfriend last night put that cigarette out on my back. Oh, really? Are you serious? Well, she like bumped into me like with the oh, so cigarette and it hit so my you back. felt like this. Oh, yeah. man. When I didn't notice it at first. Like I'd only met her once and I know we're recording now we could keep this in here but yeah like it's like oh i'm so sorry i'm like you know what you just did you put that cigarette out on my back rick flair right. you have I, don't if, I don't know if we're gonna keep that or what but yeah i, I thought think that was pretty funny we're keeping it okay it. so that burnt my back or shoulder um but no i really didn't feel it but it was pretty funny um other than that i mean yeah just high mold counts how about that that burns yeah. my ass that's kind of what i think led to that it's saturday or it's sunday now shit i'm feeling a lot better but it was a tough week still feeling some lingering effects just respiratory congestion breathing uh yeah it sucked and uh you know i know i said it earlier in the show but uh feeling a little better but uh, it burned my ass baby it just three for a loop didn't it it sure did didn't right. sleep a, didn't sleep mm. a lot yeah yeah. Rough, rough stuff. Um, yeah. What burns my ass? This is like the mo- the most first world problems that burns my ass. Like this okay. and the, the capitalism one back in episode six. Mm. Um, too much shit to read um, because I got the Jericho book I need to read. And um, this um, is the Lawald's book. Um, the oh, yeah. Book. So um, we, I just got this in. I'm going to be opening it on Twitter tomorrow. Heck um, yeah. And have, making a big fuss about it. So um so, yeah, just having too much stuff to read, you know, got well, to get through that reading list somehow. You know? Yeah, I mean, I still need to read the Bucks book, which I got for Christmas. So, but the Jericho one, I don't know if you've cracked into it at all. It's an easy read because it's just a lot of matches listed, uh-huh. but there's like pictures and captions and lists. So, like, it, you can get through it pretty quickly. And, I, you know, even for me, who's obsessed with wrestling, like, I'm still in the early days and it's yeah. all like, wrestlers i've never even heard of in a lot of these matches so but it's cool like he tells stories and gives lists and like there's captions on all these pictures but it's an easy one to get through let's put it that way i'm gonna have to go ass over tea kettle to just uh, mine yeah and i know i told just you off air but marvez and his forward used the word yeoman which is one oh, yeah. he used a lot Big from time. the beginning in this show so yep. uh, love that well i have to start doing a book club man they're fi- they're piling up BBB, the B, the BBB, BC. BC. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. Very good. Very good. If you recall. Call, 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 call. Oh. Ah. So, uh, yeah, we said in the opener we were going to do an Alistair Black match, but didn't know which one. And we decided to go with both of the new AEW guys. And uh, 
Alistair Black uh, going for his first NXT title against Andrade Cien Almas. So the two, you know, most recent high profile signings in AEW. This was from April 7th, 2018 NXT TakeOver New Orleans. So, you know, we just talked like just over three years ago, like these two guys, they weren't actually the main event of that show. It was Gargano and Champa, who uh-huh. I've told you about that feud was just insane. So yeah, yeah. co-main event, but I mean, this was for the championship. So guys, three plus years ago, you know, main eventing on NXT are now in AEW and just, you know, throw them into the fold. I mean, just the star power for this brand just continues to grow. And I think it's huge on the precipice of Rampage kind of having that extra hour of TV too. Oh, but no big time. And like, I feel like this and the Andrade, if you recall, we just recently watched are kind of the, like the only two, like sort of more like recent WWE matches we've watched for, if you recall. I think and they, so, yeah. Yeah, and they've both been really good, like kind of considering our experiences with WWE. And like NXT was great. You know, NXT was definitely above Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but like, um, fuck, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, I don't know, I kind of went into it thinking like, oh, yeah, this is later WWE. This is going to, you know, sort of not be as good as like a New Japan or some old stuff. Oh, this was, yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you, I mean, 2018 period, I think, is the best year of wrestling history, bar yeah. none. Um, NXT was at its best. New Japan was at its best. It's when I left WWE. <laughs> but like just the match quality happening and like 2018 was NXT's best year. Yeah. And now we've seen two matches from it. So yeah, I mean, this was top, top quality shit we're talking here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is hand this is handmade quality shit we're talking here. Yep. Fucking Hal L. But yeah, uh, let's just kind of how we tend to do with these matches. You've never seen Alistair Black before. Uh, what'd you think of the match? He so well, let's get it out. He won the NXT title, he remains undefeated. And uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? He had kind of the plot wins at his back, I thought, because he took a beating from Andrade. You know, Andrade had a lot more room to do like his moves and stuff. So, like, you know, he, um, you know, did a lot of counters and kind of, you know, sort of had like sort of the, you know, how much more can he take kind of arc that was sort of going on in with, it. And, with uh, Zelina Vega constantly interfering, I think four or five times throughout the oh, match. Oh, yeah. And like, but whenever he, you know, had his moments, he, you know, capitalized with those kicks. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. what, what, what a great ending to the match. Absolutely. Um, no, yeah, he's a, he's going to be fun, you know, to see, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be kind of interested to see him in a match that's going to kind of, feature him a little bit more i guess yeah. versus like you know in this title defense for andrade's kind of you know equally as big i guess yeah. yeah no yeah and you mentioned the ending we'll just kind of do that and then kind of run through some of the tight moves but yeah so zelina had interfered so many times um this was coming off andrade finally hitting his hammerlock ddt on like the third or fourth attempt a big kick out at two crowd goes nuts. You know, you kind of reach that point in the match where it's like, okay, they're kicking out of finishers. Anything can happen now. Um, And then Zelina climbs the top rope yet again. She jumps to try and hit Alistair. He ducks out of the way. Almas catches her and black doesn't miss a beat and immediately hammers him with the black mass kick. One, two, three. It's right there took advantage like his window was right there and it just yeah. is like one second window you know like the catch and just the awareness boom hitting it and that yeah, was that very precise wrestler you know I, I yes thought, he yeah. is yeah with the striking and everything and yeah there were a lot of counters in this one but um yeah we'll just kind of run through a little bit from the top but you know it started 
with Black immediately, you know, running from the bell, hitting him with hitting Andrade with the big boot. Um, he gets him in what the they called the octopus hold. Oh yeah, which is almost you know the crucifix pin. It was almost like he wasn't pulling him down, but just holding him in that. And I thought yeah. that was a a unique, uh, fun little move. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, that's when Zelina got involved the first time with the head scissors onto Black into the steps you know, probably like three minutes into the match, she's yeah. already asserting herself. So yeah. Te- um, teeing that up, you know, absolutely. Like, and you yeah. saw it in the almost Gargano match. Like she's just a staple of involved, you know, that's what made her such a good manager is because she could get under the skin because she was getting involved oh, yeah, and actually it, causing damage. Yeah. And like, you know, doing like pretty good moves herself. Too. Exactly. You know, very yeah, impressive she's a good wrestler. That. Yeah. Um, you know, then the match kind of, you know, started getting flippy and jumpy, which, you know, <laughs> Like with Andrade, you can, you kind of think, oh yeah, you know he's like Lucha, you know, like sort yeah. of, but um, not Alistair Black, you know, and who but, did those at least two moon salts, you know, yeah, one yeah. of them was right off the bat too, yeah. yeah. And so like you know that was you know very impressive. I thought um, another thing, I guess to go with Andrade, I thought you know, him using the ropes to put people in submission holds, yeah, that was that was pretty sick. You know, yeah, he did it at least two times. I think once with the arm bar, and yeah, then the once he had bar. like the head scissor, like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Those draping ropes. And even beyond the submission, remember he draped them over and had like an inverted DDT to the back? Yeah. That was another move where he used the ropes. So, yeah, definitely uh, some creative rope movements here. Yeah. Um, you know, once we kind of get through that little flippy exchange, that's when the strikes start coming. And yep. Black just hits a big flurry of them, um, which leads into one of his other moonsaults, the springboard moonsault. Um, and then, then Andrade is on the top and he flips out of the, you know, he gets out of like a sunset flip and then goes back to the top and hits that patented double moonsault. Yeah. Like we just saw on Matt Seidel where he goes for it, the guy rolls out of the way. And then once he's on the ground, he flips again. And just a really cool move that I don't really see anyone else doing. And he does it pretty well. Yeah, he does. Definitely. Um, yeah. And, uh, There, this and this kind of just went into more of the strikes, and it ended up. That's when uh, Andrade hit. You asked what it was like a lariat. Lariat, yeah. Like a weird, almost like kind of clothesline, kind of spitting back fist, like Kingston does, and just like the speed at which he hit it. Yeah. Just like later on when he hit that drop kick to the back of Black's head when he went for the Black Mass, just like how quick and precise Andrade was hitting on some of these strikes was awesome. Very opportunistic, too. You know, like these are the moves that they need to do at that time, you know, which like, you know, like definitely makes this, you know, like not very much of a plot match at all. No, and it wasn't predictable at all. You know, no. the, pa- the pace and the, you know, while Andrade definitely did get in most of the offense, like you said, like there still was a number of those back and forth counter sketches. Yeah. And it's not like Black, you know, wasn't getting any offense in. It yeah. was just he was working from underneath, as they say, yeah. you know, much more often in this match. But oh, yeah, and that um, was the story of the match, too. You know, like, yeah, you know, exactly. that the heel interference, you know, like that's, yeah. that was the role he had to play, and he played it really well. How, I thought. how much more can he take? And yeah, yeah, you know, Black hit a couple, they're essentially V triggers, but just huge knees that looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, he did end up hitting the Black Mass after. Yeah. Uh, countering the hammerlock DDT again, but that's when Zelina grabbed Andrade's foot, put it on the bottom rope. So not only is she giving out damage, she's saving the match there for him because yeah. 
you know, the black mass ends it for everyone else. So, yeah. you know, she's such a key figure. And, you know, you mentioned as we were watching this, like, you know, she's like the Vicky, you know, how Vicky is now. Mm-hmm. I almost wish, so Zelina, I told you, did get fired from WWE, yeah. but was brought back. But there were a ton of rumors floating around because Andrade had been building up this surprise, mm-hmm. which we still haven't seen. And before she went back to WWE, which is literally like two weeks ago, yeah. I and a lot of people thought like, oh, shit, she's going to be coming to AEW. Oh, that, that would be sick. I wish that would happen. Because like, I Vicky, know. Vicky's great, you know, like like in, in ring, you know, obviously we saw that, you know, shit match with her and Nyla Rose against Britt and uh, Rebel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like. Vicky's you know. a heat match, you know, excuse me. Like she, oh, can she, rot, she can rile people up. But like the, what Zelina Vega brings to the table, I mean, we've just been talking like her importance in a match for both sides, like to support the heel and to antagonize the face. Like she's, you've seen it in both these matches. Like she's pivotal. Oh yeah. And like, like it it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Just exact interference from her, you know, is what did it. And that's great. um, Great story to, you know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been tight if she did end up coming to AEW, but she's back in WWE and, Oh, so I didn't even tell you this. She's Alistair Black's wife. Oh, Alistair wow. Okay. Black's wife. Yeah. No shit. Oh, my God. Didn't, yeah, I didn't even oh. think to mention that. Oh, man, that would have been that would have been crazy to watch. Oh, wow. <laughs> all good. All good. Yeah, yeah. I just in retrospect, think about it. In retrospect, it's almost just as, like, weird and interesting as yeah, it, so it would have so been, like, knowing and watching it, you know. I think they, they were definitely together at that time. I don't know if they were married yet. I think they've gotten married over the past couple, few years, yeah. but... Yeah, definitely a tidbit I forgot to mention. But yeah, uh, and I think I told you this Andrade is with Charlotte Flair. Oh, yeah, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of some WWE, AEW crossover relationships here. But yeah, uh, Britt, Britt Baker and Adam Cole. And yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of them. But uh, yeah, uh, I think we've pretty much uh, covered mostly everything here. I mean, yeah, it was a tight match. Uh, Alistair ended up holding the title for. I don't know, six, eight months, he lost it to Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. So, you know, this, like I said, this era of NXT was just fucking unreal. And, um, you know, NXT, like 19 and into 20 and through the pandemic, definitely kind of dipped, but it's definitely been on its way back up, you know, mm-hmm. since the pandemic. And it's not as good as it was in 2018, but I think it's getting pretty close. Yeah. So, And I'm hoping Alistair Black too, like the Cody thing is sort of his entrance into it, but like, he doesn't stay there long enough because he doesn't need Cody. He doesn't need Cody to make him look good. Yeah. You know, like I mean, Cody... I think that's just going to give him that signature win. Yeah. You know? yeah, like yeah. Coming in, he's going to beat an established star. Uh, you know, can't imagine Cody winning that match. No, not at all. I just can't. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, although he's know. fucking booking it. So who knows? But who I mean, knows? I think, you know, I think it's going to be like Alistair should be pushed and treated as a star from the get go. Like, even more so than Andrade and they both should be like, and that's what you, it's, you talked before about like, could one of these guys challenge Kenny? It's like, well, Andrade is going to fight him in Mexico. So they're going to save that for August. Mm. And like with black, you're not going to bring him in and have him lose right away. You right. know, like he's going to have to be built up, but man, yeah. like him versus Kenny is a dream match. Like both of their styles are so similar. They both do the V trigger. They're both so fast. Um, so man, I mean that Matt, it's gonna happen at some point, whether whether Kenny's the champ or not, and it, it's gonna be fucking tight. Yeah, fucking tight. And yeah. uh, we've certainly 
I think we've gone on more tangents than if you recall than ever here, but yeah, uh, this I know. Was sick. Yeah, this was sick. I agree. And uh, it should be sick. What's coming up next? Too? Oh, Lord. I think I'm going to get sick. It's time for the Greg Goldman Report. Take it away, Greg. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's Greg Goldman of the, the, the Greg Goldman Report. All right, let's talk some fucking WWE, eh? Greg, what's all the noise? It's hot as fuck here in Queens. I've got all the windows down in this shithole. I ain't trying to sweat into my microphone. Is that even possible? All right, well, Greg, tell us what happened in the world of WWE this week. All right, so WWE Monday Night Raw. It went right back from being that wastebasket to a fucking garbage can. Holy shit. Total fucking shit. But before we talk about wrestling, we got to talk about these ratings. They had their second lowest rating since they started back in fucking 93. What? Hey, Greg, Greg, what's going on over there? It's just the fucking garbage guy. Well, well, we can't hear you. Hold on. Hold on one sec. Hey, why don't you go collect some garbage on another fucking day? Yeah. Oh shit, Tim, hey, how's it going, buddy? Nah, I quit collecting garbage like last year. I got stung by too many fucking wasps. Man, it sucks, you know? And he, what? No, I didn't get fired, you fucking prick. Who the fuck told you that? Well, I can get fucked, and so can you. Fuck off. Sorry. All right, Monday Night Raw, worst ratings ever. But like, okay, who gives a fuck about ratings though? Clearly not fucking Vince. No, he's fucking, he's the worst booker alive. The New Day beat fucking Lashley again. Don't you want your fucking champ to be strong? That's ridiculous. They got the worst creative in the fucking biz. Yeah, AW might suck worse, but holy fuck, Vince is the dumbest one. What the fuck are you thinking? So like, yeah, and then fucking, I was watching Raw, right? I watched Raw for three things. Drew McIntyre to finally see when they're going to give him a fucking loss and his sword. And they took the one thing that I like and gave it to fucking gender. That, that motherfucker took his sword. The sword of Drew. What the fuck is up with that? And that's what you're building a rivalry around is a stupid sword? I mean, look, Vince, that's why you plummeted the ratings probably, right, Vince? But hey, who gives who gives a fuck? Who gives a fucking flying fuck about this? Repeat after me, everyone. Ratings mean shit. Uh, Greg? Oh, boy. Shit, it's a fucking radiator. Hold on, boys. One, no, one wait. Greg, Greg, Greg. Relax, it's not that bad. Just continue. Let's go into NXT now. All right, all right. Everyone, Raw sucks. We know Vince is a fucking moron. So thank God for NXT. This time we ain't saving that best for last and the shit for worse. No, we going in reverse today, right to the best. This week, Great American Bash. We have the rematch. O'Reilly, Cole. And you know what? Fucking overrated. Over fucking. Look, I'm sorry, Triple H. But is your fucking dumbass father-in-law fucking rubbing off on you? They fought for 45 minutes to stand and deliver. 45 minutes. And you trot this shit out? I mean, come on. Where the fuck is it going? Is it going bigger, better? Just another fucking rematch. Fucking Jesus. 
Yeah, so fucking Cameron Grimes, the LA Knight, right? They've had one of the hottest feuds on fucking NXT. It's all building up to fucking this beautiful moment where Grimes is supposed to take that title off of fucking LA Knight. And now he's a goddamn butler. He loses another match. I mean, don't you want this big baby face to be strong when you eventually ship everyone off to fucking SmackDown or Raw? And you're going to fucking make him a butler. What type of fucking WWE champion would be a butler? Nobody. I mean, fucking Jesus. What the fuck is going on? Greg, Greg, we can't hear you, man. The fucking garbage compactor again. Fucking shit. One sec. Dude, what did I tell you? I know. Just chill. Greg. One sec, guys. Just got to fucking kick it one more time. Is there anywhere else you can go? Okay. One more time. One more fucking kick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, one more kick. I did actually do the trick. Hey, fuck off, Boma. All right, fuck you, you fucking prick. You know what? You know how hot it is to live in this fucking shithole? I'm in fucking Queens. It's hot as shit. My neighbors fucking suck. My whole house is moving apart. You fucking know, you silver spoon motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. You think you can beat me? Fuck you. God fucking damn it. Yeah. Hey, Greg, it's Brett. Um, you got a minute, man? Listen, man, I'll do I'll do anything. Please. Look, I just want to be on the Brain Buster Boys. I want to talk about WWE. I just I just need my one chance, man. Listen, please. I, this is this is the one chance I need to fucking I just need this, man. This is all that I got. Greg, wait, just calm down. Calm down. You've had a couple chances. I want this to work as well, but you know this behavior is unacceptable, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally do. Look, I mean, I wasn't happy with it either. Okay, good. So Beaumont and I have begrudgingly agreed to give you one more chance, but with a stipulation. Sure. Whatever. Look, I'll do anything. Just, you know, let me have my chance. Let me have my one more chance. You mean it, man. Greg, we know how much this means to you. And I mean, you came all the way from Queens to our door in Newport, Kentucky, which was super weird. And We can come up with a path forward if you take steps to address these issues. We think attending some anger management would be good for you. I'll do it. I promise. I will not let you guys down. Okay, good. And bring proof that you went. No bullshit. No bullshit. Awesome. Okay, we'll give you a call in a couple weeks and just just get better, man. Like we can we can make this work. All right. Yeah, great. Got it. Okay. I will work on this. I'll see you strongly disagree what we just talked about this yeah still think it's a bad idea terrible really like he is our problem and we could just cut him loose and let him be his own problem dude calm down everyone's tensions are running a little high here um the guy just wants to be on a show like we did before we started this and got it off the ground and made it what it is now yes but We didn't get to where we are now without taking any risks. I mean, come on. We got to let this part flow a little bit. As I've said, yes, it's been a couple of times now, but this is his last chance. He's going to go to anger management. If he doesn't, fuck him. And maybe we're in stormy waters, but I think things will calm down again. Well, I hope. They will. Trust me.